All right. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. As always, I am your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and joined with me is the captain. Prematurely. With the premature (laughs) salute. (laughs) One of those days. One of those days. One of those weeks, man. Yeah. Good gosh. I am uh, Andy and I were talking offline that we are just both like we wanted to always wanted to do like these shows, obviously. So we're filming tonight, but we'll like just let it be known even for our MP3 viewers that we as soon as the show is done, we will probably be sleeping within the next five minutes. Yeah, the show is complete. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long week. Um, Feels good to be back on the water, like on the boat and stuff. But boy, like. Wednesday today. I'm still feeling it from like two days in a row. I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna go like 12 days in a row this summer, like in yeah. May when I have guide trips back to back to back to back for 12 days straight. Yeah, so like there's there's this grind of work where like between serious angler and like my full-time job where you know you're working 13, 14 hours every day, but like in that grind, I'm not gonna say it sucks, but like it's a completely different grind than it sucks. The, get up at 4 a.m. and get on the water all day, get back at 6 p.m., you know, and you have to do your business and then go to sleep, get, you know, six hours of sleep at most. That's a different grind. That's a grind that I can get down with. Oh, I'm I'm not complaining about it, but I'm just like two days of driving like three and a half hours total and then being standing for eight hours, my legs ain't used to that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm still yet to find like a good shoe. For that or like a you know like the inserts like the dr shoals inserts mm-hmm. or whatever. i've been I'd, i've been doing a little bit of research i just need to do more of like ways to fix that there's got to be like a shoe i know i've seen guys what is the brand that guys use is I've it the like dude this, shoes no well no i've seen those and i've heard those are comfortable but i've noticed a lot of guys when they're using like sneakers they use um i've noticed it's a specific brand it's like a running shoe I can't remember the actual name of it, but like Jason Christie wears them, West Logan wears them. Is it like Brooks? Maybe I, th- like I the, think that's it. The higher end shoes, it. yeah, they're like a hundred and forty dollars a pair. That's all my brother wears for distance running. Yeah, they ain't cheap. I got, to, I got a new pair of Grundon sneakers. Uh, going to, when I went to Redcrest, they got me like a care package type of deal, and it had like a literally had a code. I get free pair of like these Grundon sneakers. They're like a hundred and ten dollars sneakers. And they're comfy. The problem is they're made for people with like three inch wide feet. So my feet like hang off the side. It's like you have to have the skinniest feet. It's really weird. I got wide feet. I don't know why. But I had that problem in hockey. Too. You're a platypus. <laughs> I don't really know how to react to that comment, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, big wide feet and you're good at swimming. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> But like, dude, in hockey, I had to do that too. Like, I couldn't use Bowers for a while because Bowers used to be always skinny. Yeah, they would never bake right on my feet. It was weird. But uh, back to the hockey skate stuff. Like, my first pair of legitimately good skates were Graphs, and they are made for like narrow foot people. Oh yeah. Like my, like after I get off the ice, I feel like my feet would be like folded over, like into a taco. I forgot yeah. about Graphs. That's an old brand. Yeah, and, uh, they're still around. They, I don't believe so. I had a pair of 470 Supras. They're like $700 skates. They were awesome. Yeah, like, my brother still wears them because I donated them to him when I bought some Bauer Supremes. 
when they came out with a wide like a wide foot. Yeah, it used to be all Easton until they came out with a new model of Bowers that would be like more for wider feet. But mm-hmm. either way, that's neither here nor there. But uh, I think first order of business for the folks is if you guys have not seen it yet, we have a new video out on the Sears Angle YouTube channel. Uh, doing some custom bait making. It's more Andy doing the custom bait making. Uh, he's becoming the wizard behind it all. And there's a lot more coming from that. But we'll link that below in the show notes if you guys want to go check it out. Um, basically showing you guys how to uh, easily set up you know, your do-it-molds equipment and uh, how to pour just basic you know, ball head jigs. Uh, and this kind of same thing can go for you know football head jigs. Andy's been pouring some more you know, powder coat in some of them. Has some pretty cool stuff coming from that. Just messing around, trying to see what we can come up with. I mean, playing with different hooks in the mold today, poured with those Gami hooks, and I think I like them a little bit better than the owner hook in that football head, but we'll see. Just kind of, Does it fill the mold better? Is that why? Uh, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and um, I noticed the lead wrapped around the hook a little tighter, so there's no... Like some of the owner ones had some play in the heads yeah. with the Gami. It's like super tight, but it could have been a couple other things I did too. Like really getting the the mold itself really hot before I started to pour today. Cause you know, I've only done it three times now and the, <laughs> when we filmed so little um, PSA here, when we filmed, it was literally the first time I ever did it or Bailey did it. So it was, um, it was quite the experience. There's some laughs in there to be had, I'm sure. If, if you didn't do bad by any means. It was I mean, I definitely didn't know it was your first time, to be honest. I knew you'd done like some baits and stuff in the past, but I'd assumed you'd know what you're doing. So Yeah. <laughs> Which honestly I, I mean I believe it. I didn't know until literally you just said that was your first time that, yeah. that was the first time. I was like, hmm, let's try. You can, like, I started watching the video a little bit because I didn't see it until you put it out. And I'm looking at it, and you can see me, like, be down, like, lifting the handle on the pot. And I'm like, is it going in the right hole? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, great success. Great. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, gosh. We're getting a little more efficient with it now. Yeah, we're dialing the setup a little bit more, but, uh, I think other news is uh, tomorrow, well, literally as folks are listening to this, I am making my trek south to Lake Eufaula, Alabama. Uh, I'm actually, as you know, when this video drops, it'll be Friday. I am heading down to Ohio to go literally meet up for like two hours, two, three hours, meet up with uh, our buddy Tyler Berger, Bass Fishing HQ, to go fish with him for a little bit. Jealous. Get, get back on the road. With the goal to make it down to Kentucky, uh, get my hotel, and then Saturday morning for probably five, six hours, go out fishing with our buddy, Mr. John King. And then after that, finish my drive to Ufala, get there by like Saturday evening. So I have all Sunday to fish Ufala and then uh, have the whole week to practice. I mean, Monday, Tuesday will be um, will be work days, but... Wednesday through Friday would be straight practice days and then tournament next Saturday and Sunday, which is exciting because episode three and four of Chasing Hardware will be being produced as of today, actually. I started filming stuff for it. So that's really exciting. I'm pumped for that. 
Uh, and for folks that like the Chasing Hardware series on the Serious Angler channel, that's now moving to the Be the Fish channel. So if you guys have not seen the personal channel that I started, and we'll get into Andy's here in a second. If you want to continue watching Chasing Hardware, that, that will be placed on the Be the Fish channel. And we'll be sure to put that up on the Serious Angler social medias and stuff so you guys can access it. But figure I'll let you guys know. Um, and that also being said, as promised, Andy has started his own personal channel to post some steelhead stuff, some small, some small mouth stuff, some bait tinkering. He's got a lot of different plans for that channel. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Maybe some tournaments, but mostly like a lot of it will probably be just talking like setups, baits, a couple fish catches integrated here and there, just because most of the time I spend on the water is guiding. So um, my information that I want to bring to everybody is just what I find is the perfect setups and perfect baits for certain situations. So that's going to be like my niche. Andy full, uh, the tinker, the tinker, oh, full of tinkering. <laughs> that's what I should have <laughs> named it. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess like, whew. But, Dude, um, it's, uh, I'm kind of like semi nervous. I, I feel like I sound like such a wuss saying it, but like I've never camped out like in a tent in the South and I am petrified of snakes. Yeah. I'd be Not scared. like garden snakes. Like, like when I know that I'm down South and I see snakes, I'm like, Haha, no, hell no. <laughs> or mosquitoes. I'm sure the skeeters down there are twice as big too. You know, I could give a shit about skeeters, honestly, yeah, until one gets you. It's the big spiders that I don't, I'm not a big yeah. fan of either. Oh, yeah. They got, what, the brown recluse spider down there that will really mess up some stuff? I don't know, but I called Zach, and he, like, threw out, like, five different names that I didn't know what language they were. And basically was like, yeah, stay away from those. You know, they'll kick your ass. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to. <laughs> what, you don't know what what the spider kicking your ass means or just in general? <laughs> yeah, both. All the above. <laughs> D. All the above. D. D. When in doubt, go see. Well, and dude, they have like these big red wasps down there, like Mm -hmm. these giant things that at least I I don't know if they're in Alabama, but at least like from Texas, like when Destin and I were down there, I'm like, I'm like badly allergic to wasps. So like these red wasps, who freaking knows? Because we don't have those up here. And we had one like we're literally driving down the interstate, like uh, like over the bridge in Lake Fork, and a red wasp lands on the window, like my passenger window. <sighs> and Destin's like messing with me, trying to put the window down as the thing's resting on it. Uh-uh. And this dude, they are huge. They're like, like this big. Yeah, scary. They like I couldn't imagine. You know what petrifies me even more is like the fact that those things are flying around, and you can run down the lake seventy miles per hour. Yeah, dude, that's scary. <laughs> Give me a full face shield. I'm going to go to Texas and fish in like a beekeeper outfit. I don't care how hot it is. Screw a beekeeper. I'm having a hazmat suit. <laughs> dude, it's like, I'm sure like there's people that are like making fun of us, but rightfully so, because like they probably lived their entire lives in the South. They're like, yeah, we don't have any problems. But I'm like, I overthink all of that stuff so bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh dude if i get stung by a bee my whole arm will swell from like my shoulder to my fingers and i'll be like un unmobile i guess the word would be immobile immobile in that <laughs> arm and i wouldn't be able to fish for like a week and a half dude if i get a spider bite or like a bug bite it just swells mosquito bites are like five times the size of normal i have super sensitive skin so like yeah it's not fun do you know like when you take like a like a 
like a glove like what is the like the medical gloves basically and you can the like, latex gloves yeah yeah the latex and you like blow them up and then like the with air and stuff dude i got stung by a bee in the hand and that's exactly what my hand looked like love it <laughs> it was bad i got pictures of it dude like it's it was i got stung like i literally got stung right here like right outside my eye i got super lucky and it literally looked like Mike Tyson slacked me in the face. <laughs> he came southpaw on you. Everyone thought I got in a fight, so I ro- I rolled with it. I said I got in a fight. <laughs> Until it goes down and you have like the little yellow yeah, like yeah, mucus really spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. But uh but back to fishing. Um you follow is gonna be interesting. I'm gonna take a different approach this time. Because one, I'm obviously in the early stage of you know, trying to compete consistently on that national stage. I've only fished a few tournaments at that, at that, you know, that level of, you know, the national events where that like people from all over the place fish it versus, you know, local regional events. Um, And I'm taking a different route of, I'm going to start practice looking at the obvious stuff, like starting shallow, looking at things that are obvious, not wasting too much time covering so much water graphing like I would do in the past. Uh, because I feel like one, that's a big time waste. And two, what I do is I'm spending so much time looking for off the wall stuff that if I come up short or I find one or two things that don't pan out or they're gone by the tournament, I'm pretty much screwed when it comes to tournament day. So my plan is, and I know this is going to be out, you know, a week ahead of the tournament and I could care less. Uh, but my, my plan is, is I'm going to start shallow and I'm going to fish the obvious stuff. Try to find an obvious pattern, a consistent pattern, and from there, then look deep so I'm not spreading myself out because I really did that bad at Toledo Bend. Like, I had a four to five mile window of areas that I think I spent too much time, especially day two, like just too much time pedaling around. So I'm going to take that approach and see how that works out. I mean, if it it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I mean, I got to make some moves because a 48. Out of 200, while it seems okay because you're like in the the top quarter of the field, it's not going to qualify for the TOC. Like I need some top 20s the rest of the year basically to make it. Um, so we're just going to play around with the approach and maybe just find something consistent versus trying to find because I'm ingrained to look for the winning fish, but I feel like there's a lot of risk in looking for like something so unique. Yeah, especially in a place that I've never been to before. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I'm first. I'm going to give you kudos for actually recognizing that. Um, because personally, the way I go about things, I always try to figure out where I can get my limit first and then expand. Because I'm fish way more comfortable when I have five fish or five fish the measure on a board. And kayak fishing to me seems like finding not so much like a community hole, but a high fish population is beneficial because especially in the South, if you're catching them, the chances of you catching a bigger fish are greater than they are in New York, New York. They tend to group by size more, I think than down South. How many times have you watched like a pro tournament on a ledge and they're railing two pounder, two pounder, two pounder, 11 or a nine or a six <laughs> and then two pounder, two pounder, two pounder, eight pounder. It's true. Yeah. So like, no, I think it's commendable that you're willing to kind of switch up ways because I know the way you are. You are swing for the fence every time, catch the biggest fish possible that you can. 
But in a tournament, especially a multi-day tournament, it might make more sense for you to slow down a little bit and really pick apart an area if you find a group of fish and then expand. Because the chances are, if you find that group of fish, there's a bigger fish or two or a population of bigger fish just outside of where you're at. And you're just overlooking them because you're covering so much water. Yeah, I'm excited now to see too, like, I wish I had that mega live for Toledo Ben because that thing is such a game changer, dude. <laughs> forward facing, like I know game changers thrown around everywhere, but forward facing <laughs> is such a game changer and like almost like an affirmation that fish are still in that area. Yeah. Cause like there's so many times where like, dude, you you know the fish were there, you know, either a few hours ago or a day if before, and you don't know, like you can obviously look on side imaging or 360 and get a feel for what's around, but especially for this trend and like Going after suspended fish, it really you know, confirms if fish are even there or not. Oh, I think the one thing I'm most excited about once I can get forward facing sonars, like say you're in like 10 foot of water on like a tabletop flat, right? And you got grass growing, but it's only like four feet off the bottom and you're in 10 foot is watching like if you're ripping a spinnerbait or a chatterbait through that grass, all of a sudden that bass comes up out of the grass that you never saw before until it appears you're like, oh God. Now I got 30 of them chasing my chatterbait. Like that's mm-hmm. stuff that I can't wait to see. Well, dude, and on top of that, it helps you keep your bait in the strike zone longer. Yeah. Cause versus you can see like how they're reacting. Off, yeah. Versus going off field mm-hmm. because that's majority of the time. That's what we're doing, which honestly, I don't think is, it's not bad. Like I think when you're fishing a grass flat, especially trying to tick grass, you don't need forward facing because you can basically go off feel like when you feel yourself getting that grass, that's when you rip it out. And usually that's when you get your bites. But I just feel like it keeps you more consistent when you have forward facing. You can mm-hmm. kind of like see what your bait's at in real time. Yep. But, um, but I mean, that being said, uh, I've had some time to play around with it in New York and have had some fun picking off big old smallies with it. Uh, but it seems like you've had a lot of fun so far this past week in, in New York. And New York, New York is hot already. It, it's here. Fishing is here. It's yeah. begun. Spring season. You know where everyone and their mother can catch a bass is is upon us, and it's like Christmas. Yeah, I love KVD season in New York because you can literally just go out and catch big fish after big fish and twelve hours of fishing, maybe thirteen hours of fishing, Monday and Tuesday. I think the smallest fish that we may have put in the boat was like three pounds out of like fifty, sixty bites, like fish that we landed i have this fish losing problem right now that i kind of got to get over but i just think it's rust so <laughs> we'll get there I, I don't tend to lose too many so it's kind of weird to me that i've lost probably a dozen or so fish so far so i gotta figure out what's up with that but i've also been fishing different baits than i normally do on different rods and messing around because last year i didn't have a lot of time to mess around and experiment so when i get to go fun fishing it's my experimentation time. And I, and I realized things that I like to do. Um, some ways I found a couple new baits that I really like that I think will play in the springtime and maybe the fall, depending on where we're at. And, um, yeah. And I got some new rods and I'm really excited to play around with that I think are going to help a lot. So it's gonna be fun. Which, uh, do you want to tell the folks, which ones you got? Yeah, so I got a couple alpha angler rods in for now, the first order. Um, I got a couple spy bait hair jig rods. I got the Chatterbound, which 
is going to be a really good like heavy trap rod or chatterbait rod. And then I got the slasher because I'm like, man, jerk baiting is something I used to do a lot. I need to get back into it. And um, watching John Sukup's video, I was like, wow, that rod's good. And then I played around with it at the classic as well. And I was like, this would be a really good blade bait rod. It's kind of more on that stiffer side. It is, but a really soft tip. Like I've really loaded on it in my living room, in my kitchen today and had Amanda take a photo because I wanted to see what it actually looked like when I loaded on it. That tip will be really good for like blades and stuff. And it always loads differently when you load with your hand pulling the line back to you than fighting a fish. So what I'm really else? interested. 610? 610 medium fast. I got one me one of them. That's my go-to jerkbait rod right yeah. now. So it's nice because I have that one, which is on the heavier side. Then I have Abu Veritas PLX seven foot medium, which is a lot softer than that slasher is in terms yeah. of like it bends at like one guide further down. Um, so I think like if they're barely getting that slasher, like on the slasher, it could be as, as easy of switching up the rod and they'll. Yeah. Or like another thing too is the way you like to fish a jerk bait real fast, right? I don't That's... like to fish a jerk bait fast. Oh, I thought you did. See, no, I oh. am like when I'm throwing a jerk bait, I am taking my damn time. Got it. So I I personally like to fish a jerk bait fast, mm-hmm. kind of like a KVD, like rip, 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 mm-hmm. rip, and that's where I think that slasher is going to come in handy because it can really pull like a re range really far and make it extremely re. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Just like aggressive? Yeah, and like violent. almost, yeah, violent, like all over the place, right? And I found with the Stunna, like I started messing around with that, which I really like a lot in the Phenom color. Um, I could actually work that bait pretty quick, quicker than I thought I could. 110, I feel like I can't fish fast because it mm-hmm. like rolls and I get it caught up sometimes the way I like to fish it. So, like, if I have to fish really slow, I'll go to a 110. But in terms of you, what I was thinking is that PLX might be good for, like, a 110 plus one or, like, a Stunna MR, like, the little bit deeper ones. Because it's a little softer, that's more of, like, a pull bait. So, that longer rod with the softer body, you can pull it better and get those long jerks out of it. It's where the Slasher might be a better rod for a more... Re, like quicker snappy jerk bait like a re-range hmm. yeah i mean what's kind of nice with that slasher is i literally especially with the stunna because that's like been the primary jerk bait that i'm throwing i've noticed like with the I, I like the stiffer rod and the slasher because i don't have to do anything crazy like there's like the kvd like you know you're snapping that rod and you're being crazy with it i can literally all i gotta do is snack yeah. the line and it, it'll go rip 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 like it, it'll be it'll be violent enough for the stunner and it's kind of nice too wa- being able to watch it on forward facing yeah. and watching that sink rate and then seeing how it reacts but i've also i've been studying a lot of guys like wheeler like connell you know the guys that are really good forward facing with a jerk bait and watching how they mix in like your your classic like jerk bait you know where you come up with it yeah so like they'll slash down to the side or to like your midsection but then they'll do pops up like you would a jig and it makes that bait rise up over things i don't i'm curious if that's just them changing their cadence to make that fish 
commit or if that's them trying to get it in a brush pile, but then uh, like make it work above that brush pile, if that makes sense. Yeah, it very well could be. Now, I've, we were... I've done that already. I've done that with grass. So yeah. I get it in front of the grass, nothing comes out, and I'll pop it up, and it'll come up over that grass, and I won't get hung up. It's super cool. Hmm. Yeah, and that's where forward facing is going to change the game because it's going to help us with our retrieves. Like even think about like a chatterbait or a square bill, right? If you're running over grass, all of a sudden you see a, a little bit taller stretch, you can literally just lift that chatterbait over it and keep running it. Yeah. To make you more and efficient. I am so excited to go to some of our deeper, clear water lakes and throw a big glide and just see how deep fish will react to that thing. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. It's going to be wild. I, I, I'm excited to see that thing with top water. I'm going to angle that sucker up and go like some of our lakes that are over grass flats and just throw a spook and just watch them come up. Yeah. It's gonna be so awesome. Here he comes. Here he comes. Here he's <laughs> coming. He's coming. <laughs> now don't don't fall into the Zach Hall trap and get completely addicted to it, like he said, and then he sold it. So like oh, there's no, times and places no. for it. Like if you're flipping trees, you don't really need it on. So well, here's so here's my thing. I, that's one thing I'm keeping my in my mind that I'm trying to focus on is not like you know, not falling into that trap. But what I know is like to recognize certain situations where I need to go shallow and to do so, like say if I'm in four or five feet, whereas in like your forward facing, isn't going to be amazing in that forward mode. I will swap it to landscape. If I'm trying to be minimal, like, and I'm not bringing, <laughs> this sounds really bad, but like when I'm not bringing 360 and live uh, and mega live <laughs> on the kayak, you're right. That I can have, really yeah. I can have my one Helix 10 with Mega Live with the transducer and everything connected to it and have it on landscape, which is basically a 360 that's real time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's something more I got to dial in, but like, say I'm going down a bank on the river, you know, it's pretty easy to see, like, obviously from visual on the bank, but I can have that landscape there to see if I have. A, a, a bank that's cutting out farther that I can't see visually, if that makes any sense. Yep. So but you can see that real time and see if there's any fish on it too. Cause like uh, Casey Reed, who we've had on the show, he runs mega live in the kayak. He was down in Caddo Lake. It's like a shallow Louisiana, mm-hmm. you know, their Cypress tree lakes. And he was picking off fish off Cypress trees in three foot of water with landscape, hmm. which is pretty badass. Yeah. So, that's awesome. There's a time and place for it all. And I think landscape is one of those modes that one of those views or modes or whatever that pros don't really talk about. You only hear about the forward facing part and them catching them with it a certain direction. They don't talk about landscape mode very much because I think they don't want people to know that they're running it on landscape. I mean, there's like David Mullins who's running, he's not running 360 now. He's running two live scope mounts and one's in, I can't remember what, uh, live scopes uh mount is for like their because mega live is landscape where you, yeah. th- you show like the 30- i think it's called perspective mode does that sound right perspective I have no idea it could be i think it's perspective um, mode but i think the folks know what we're talking about but he'll run both those same times so he's got a forward and a you know let's say it's perspective where you can have it both at the same time if that makes sense yeah but like steve kennedy posted one of the coolest videos of uh, active targets 
landscape mode the other day on social, and that was pretty <clears> cool. <throat> Um, just seeing how active fish are with that thing. That's pretty yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, but either way, I'm excited for next week. It's it, I've heard it's fishing tough, but either way, it's a new place, new body of water to go explore. I'm excited. Now, are they? Do you know if they're going to be in the spawn, pre-spawn, post-spawn? From the research I've done, I think there's a chance that there's some late spawners, but because it's so south, I think they're probably almost done. Yeah. I think there's definitely going to be some on bed still, but I don't, I mean, like any other tournament, I don't want to bank on spawners. So I'd hate to get there and see a bunch on bed. I'd be like, damn it. Like I'll be, I'll probably be more pissed than I, <laughs> than I am happy well, if there's a bunch on beds. If you think Especially of it this way though, Sunday. like, yeah, if you get there Sunday and you have a bunch on beds, you're likely come tournament time. Those fish are going to be gone. So you got to figure out where they're going to um, go. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I'm kind of hoping they're postponed because one, it's just going to be a better bite because f- typically fish right off the bed, like a couple days off the bed, will eat anything that's in front of their face. I wonder if there'll because, be a mayfly hatch. Look out! For I that hope when so. I freaking hope so because swim jig top water that would just be fun. Swim jig top water and bluegill spawned. Glide fun. bait, mag draft. I don't really want to keep throwing out the baits I'm going to throw in here, but because I know guys that are fishing this are going to be listening to it. Plus, bait, really spinnerbait, okay. chatterbait. Yeah, uh, let's, let's just talk about trickworm, uh, fluke, sanko. What's that? What's that? Little uh, general. What's that poop bait? The turd thingy? What is it called? Oh, cover scat. Yeah, cover scat. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw cover scat. Did week. you end up getting some of those? No, God, no. I can't afford. I can't bring myself to throw that thing. <laughs> what are you catching on today? Poop. <laughs> I caught him on this bait that looks like my shit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, I got some. I'm excited to try those. Honestly, so. dude, like I hate throwing a Senko and I hate looking at that more than a Senko. So I'm just gonna <laughs> roll the Senko. <laughs> See, I like Senko fishing. It's fun, but only I'm if I'm flipping it. Yeah, I don't like yeah, wanky well, rigging it's, it. It's different. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm hoping it's postponed because one, if I can find that shallow bite, that means any brush pile within, you know, half a mile is going to have fish that are right off the bed mm-hmm. uh, and chances to have fish that are like your females that were up earlier could be there. Chances are you can find a brush pile that are loaded with females. Yeah. So we'll see. I have no idea how it's going to go, but either way, we're going to go make the most of it. And I am Sorry. exhausted, dude. Yeah, you yeah. did that to me. It's your fault. Maybe you started it before the show. I know I did. I've been doing it since like 7 p.m. Ugh. But uh, you have anything left for the folks? I know it was kind of a, a short show for folks tonight, but we wanted to check in with you guys uh, before we head into the weekend. Um, and Andy's going to be kind of running the show while I'm gone here for the week. But uh, you got anything, Andy, before we tune out here? Uh, just real quick, if anybody does want a guide trip, I am basically full through the end of june there's only a couple no like pun intended no pun intended there's only like a couple dates that i have open i'm trying to save them for like weather cancellations i think but if you really want to get out and have some fun catch some large mouth there's some deep small mouth it's a tougher bite but july through september is uh we're gonna open up booking here very soon so 
get in contact and we'll get you out on some big small mouth or go flip grass for large mouth, catch them on frogs, top water, whatever you want to do. It's your trip. So yeah, let's go fishing. Heck yeah. I, I need me. I, I am. I don't know what the grass is like down there. You follow. I just hope that there's one mat and I can get one bite out of it punching and I will be the happiest man of the week. Yeah. I can't I wait. For, I, I can't wait for the flipping bite to get going. Like, I'm already I just like want a one one and a half ounce weight in my hand. That's all I want. Oh. I've tried. I, I last year I was like so gung ho. I'm like I'm so I love finet. Yes, right there. The put old that, put that away. Put that away. <laughs> Don't let people know you have those. <laughs> I, I just found a new a a love for because we don't get to punch that often in New York. Yeah, but uh, there's something about blowing through that mat and feeling that thump. And then setting the hook, and it's just, and you're just like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> like, there's really the only, there's only a couple lakes that we get like matted milfoil on anymore because they carpet bomb every lake. Which, when it's typically stinks. not natural, it's typically just because there's a hard wind and it makes mats. Yeah. So like they're here and gone. Like you got to get it after a good wind, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it good is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I. I don't think I've ever caught a fish punching personally. Dude, it is you like so you love flipping grass. I know you do. Yeah. You would die on a good punch bite. I'm sure I would. I've tried it. I've tried to get a punch bite going and I always catch pike every time. That drives me insane. So dude, I was so mad like at the state championship last year for Chautauqua. I got on such I really wish at this point that I would have just set the hook on all these fish and not put a, I, I put the weight and then a dummy on. I didn't have a hook. Like yeah, I got my screw lock dummy basically and a pit boss. And I went and I saw these mats and it was like the last day of practice. And I go through all these mats and every single mat, like even one of them like shook the entire thing. And I saw its tail. I'm like, that's at least a four and a half pounder. And I got bit. I had like, 10 to 12 different bites where they would take it and they'd run with it and they wouldn't let go of that thing. And I was like, dude, like I'm going to win the tournament off these mats. And then the next day get three quick bites and then nothing like they're just here and gone. It was so depressing, but I was like, damn it. It's like, it was one of those days where it's like you realized that you should have just set the hook on all those fish in practice that it wouldn't have mattered. Cause that would have been such a fun bite. Maybe they would have stayed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if I put a hole in their mouth, they would have stayed there for the next day. And ate <laughs> you never know. You never know. Like, and steel- like, oh, this guy's nice to us. We're on to him. Let's leave. Steelhead fishing. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the same hole like four days in a row and caught the same fish. Like, oh. yeah, like they're just dumb. Sometimes you catch them twice in a day as you walk up the creek and back down. Fish that's are ridiculous. not smart. They make me look dumb. They make everyone look dumb because we overthink it. Unless you're Jason Christie. Or Jacob Wheeler. Or Jacob Wheeler. Well, I mean, technically, the fish made Jason Christie look dumb at Sandy Cooper. That might have been like his worst finish ever. Or like, (laughs) psych. Yeah, he was just angry and you got all mad on him. (laughs) He's like, after he, dude, he's going to be so dangerous the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, he doesn't care. He's going to fish how he wants to fish and he's going to crack him or come in last. Like when we watched him at Santee where he literally just said, he's like, yeah, I might get last this tournament, but I don't care. I'm just going to fish how I want and what could win. And and he's like, yeah, I don't really care. And gets like 
almost dead last and goes to Chickamauga and wins again. And yeah. dude, he's going to be so scary for the rest of the year. Like watch him at fork, dude. Or yeah. Mississippi river. God. And he's a heck of a smallmouth fisherman. People forget he has won a smallmouth derby catching them on a tube in a bait caster at St. Clair a few years ago. In elite series. Yeah. <laughs> he's just ripping it out of sand grass, cracking them on a tube and both flipping fives. Like, Dude, you don't care. I'm like, that's fun. Sign me up for that all day. Yeah. Like, I can get God. down with that. Okay. Well, Andy, you got anything left for the folks tonight before we tune out? No, uh, everybody have a good weekend that you're listening. Um, that is listening and tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. And let us know how your weekend goes. Send us DMs. Tag us in your stories, your posts, because we want to see what's going on. So, yeah, we love it that. and appreciate it. Yeah, we'll reshare that stuff. And uh, if you guys are listening on MP3, please leave us a rating review. If you're watching on YouTube and you're not already, you know, please hit that thumbs up and like and subscribe. We will uh, talk to you guys next Tuesday. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you like some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.